0: All right, welcome to episode 003 of Shoulder to Shoulder LAFC podcast. I am your host Chris with my co-host Christian and today we have a very special guest in studio. You want to announce your name? Special guest? Tyler Miller, goalkeeper for LAFC. There you go. So uh, we've got Tyler Miller and uh, this is a great episode. I really appreciate you coming out today. Oh, Thank you for having me.
1: It's a very very special uh, day for us because our number one guest is our number one goalkeeper. That's right. So it's very, very, very... um, Good to have Tyler out here in studio. SOS Studios is what we're calling it now. Um, and we look forward to talking to him, getting to know him, and then getting to hear what he's going to say about this first season, um, what his expectations are and the things that he feels himself uh, has improved on and what the team has improved on.
0: Yeah, this looks great too, by the way. I mean, we, we were just starting out on this and we didn't have any of these curtains up or anything. We'll have to put some pictures up on the social media to show... Um, I mean, this this studio looks great. Yeah. So thank There's you. It's
1: transformation. We're trying to make yeah. it sound better for the listeners. And it's also in preparation for Tyler. We made sure it was <laughs> as pretty as
0: possible. We had ah. to, man. We had to make sure that we came <laughs> out here and, and, looked, and looked as good as possible.
2: Hey, It looks good. It looks good. I'm, I appreciate uh, you guys having me. And I'm honored to be the one of the first guests.
0: Absolutely. So uh, this whole thing started pretty much. Uh, you know, Tyler is working on a campaign right now for a really good cause. And I reached out to him and asked him if he would be interested in coming on and, and being on our podcast. And uh, so I think that that is something we should really uh, take some time to talk about. And so if, uh, why don't you go ahead and tell everybody about your campaign uh, for cancer research?
2: Yeah, so uh, obviously in my family, cancer is a huge part of, of, of everything. It's affected me like it's affected so many others in my life. And right now I'm working on a campaign for um uh, this fundraiser called uh, Cycle for Survival, and their goal is to raise funds for rare cancer research. And so right now I've got a little friendly competition going on with one of my friends, Taylor, who uh, runs a company called Feet Socks. And uh, if I raise more money than him, until March second, he'll give everyone that donates to my my cause a uh, free pair of socks. So it's a little little fun, a little reward for everybody.
0: Oh, that's awesome! So, uh, so his company Feet Socks. What's the what's the social media handle so our listeners can go on and, and see what uh, what his socks look like?
2: Yeah, so the the social media uh, handle on Instagram is Feet Socks. Feet spelled F E A T, and then socks. And it's it's a really fun company. I mean, he's a great guy. He started this a few years ago, and it's really blossomed into something great. Are his socks exclusive to this event,
1: or did he, I guess, have a particular design for this competition?
2: No, no, it was just just something that kind of came out spur of the moment. I mean, uh, I'm good friends with him and and, and, uh, one of our other buddies that we knew mutually, and um, I just wanted to to spur up a little competition, you know, get a a little fun and and have fun with it. And so I thought this would be a good idea of… a way to make it competitive and get guys into it.
0: So that uh, I mean, we everybody loves free stuff, right? So we got to make sure that Tyler beats uh his friend in order for us to get the free socks. So everybody uh if you he still has until March 2nd is the end of the competition. Right. You can continue to donate after the 2nd and the ride is on the 2nd?
2: The ride is on the 2nd, yeah.
1: And so you, yeah. you know, so uh uh it's a good lead up for the for the season too. So and maybe we'll, you can win this competition and then LAFC can win the first game. There you go. Yeah, win-win situation. There we go. Win-win. Yeah. We'll, uh, perfect weekend. We'll yeah. make
0: sure to put, uh, we'll, we'll do an Instagram uh, picture for today to show that we're recording right now. And we'll put uh, the link, your link for uh, the donation in, in our awesome. uh, social media. So that way they can go and, and donate.
1: Yeah. No, that sounds perfect.
0: But no, it's, I, you know, my mom passed away from cancer. So, you know, cancer is really important to me too. So that's why any, you know, that's yeah. why I've always tried to yeah. b- tried to help out and anytime I find somebody who's, you know, trying to raise
1: money for cancer research. so oh,
2: And I appreciate that a lot.
1: Yeah, and it's something that we find um, very inspiring from the team, not only because you guys represent the, the, the city and, you know, play well, but a lot of you guys not only are friends off the field, but also um, do community service events. And this is one of the yeah. things that you do. I know that... Mark-Anthony Kay, Zimmerman, Beta Shore, and uh, Harvey are always out there. And the rest of the team is also participating. But I see you guys constantly out there putting your face out there and reaching out to the community to to see that, you know, you guys also care about where you live and who you yeah. represent. But that that's one of the things I really like about the team and what, what you guys are all doing. Um, did you have a particular favorite event that you participated in last year or something that was memorable
2: that was like funny or being able to put on my Austin Everett foundation that I did in the summer mm-hmm. uh, where we had the beach soccer tournament with the four special captains that, that came out I mean just to see the the day that they had the smiles that we were able to put on their faces and like they were having so much fun uh, there was a, a little boy named Christian actually and he got to go out there and play uh soccer for the first time in like a long time and, and like you could just see the joy that this game brought to him and right. so like like you were saying our team is so much more about the community than it is like the actual team itself. It's like, yeah, we want to do great and we want to win championships and all that stuff and, and, and make all the supporters happy. But also like it's important for myself and for a lot of guys on the team that we're approachable and we're accessible and we're involved in the community because at the end of the day, that's the most important aspect of our team is the community. Awesome, and yeah.
0: I I really like that. LaFC is like that too, even from the very beginning, trying to get everybody in the community involved and, and making this, you know, comparable to some other teams and maybe other parts of the of the world and stuff like that, where the city is is they're just totally arm in arm together with yeah. the team, and the team is like a driving force. You know, like I remember uh, Sunderland till I die was a Netflix yeah. do, mini documentary, and mm-hmm. it was just talking about how the city of Sunderland they thrive on the success yeah. of that soccer team and. Yeah. I mean, that's not to necessarily say that a city like Los Angeles is going to be like that, but to even just try try and have that as a goal where, you know, your city is so intertwined with the club is amazing.
1: And what you guys do on and off the field affects the community and you guys are doing positive things. So it's good. You know, nothing has come out in terms of rumors yet. All that's come out. In a negative way, it's come out as, you know, you guys going out to the community and participating. Um, just, you know, showing your face and, you know, showing people that you also care about the fans and not just the fans coming out to, yeah. to support you guys and cheering you on.
0: Let's uh, let's start talking about the game yesterday. You know, we had a 2-2 draw against Atlanta United. Yeah. And, you know, this is the reigning MLS uh, Cup champion. So, you know, it was uh, a good way for us to kind of maybe see where we were in comparison to. I, we all know that Atlanta was uh, in the running for Supporters Shield, too, for a good part of the season. So, I mean, they're a good team. And it's not like even though they got rid of um, Almiron yeah. and they got Pitti Martinez, you know, it's it's they didn't really take any missteps back by losing a transfer. And so it uh, it's just, what did you think? How was it? I mean, especially because we didn't get to see it, right? right.
2: Yeah, I mean, it was, a, it was a good game, I would say. Obviously, it's still early in preseason. We've got three more weeks until, until the regular season kicks off. And so we're still working on on, on our game and, and focusing on ourselves. But, I mean, atlanta, Atlanta's atlanta got a little bit of an edge on us right now because they got to start a week early because they're preparing for Champions League. So right, they're right. more focused on where their starters are at and what their main team is going to be right now because in a week or two, they have to, to kick off their season.
1: Um, I think that's a good point, though, that— they beat two other teams right 6-1 7-1 one, one. they kind of romped other teams yeah. and that didn't happen with you guys despite being a week behind
2: yeah i mean it's also there's a lot of different factors that go into that too mm-hmm. like they, they play different lineups against different teams and, and different teams play different lineups against them and so we we put out a, a good good lineup for the, for the first uh 45 minutes and honestly the second half i felt like we we really controlled the game a lot too like we were Defensively, we gave up three opportunities, and so we were really strong there. And then uh, we were just lacking a little bit in, in the offensive third. But I mean, those are the things that are going to come. Right. It's as long as you have a strong defense, you always give yourself a chance. And so I think that's where we're at right now. And so we're just focusing on building out of the back, and when we get into the attacking third, just that final pass and execution to to get the uh, the goal.
1: One of the things I did see that. Bob Bradley was talking about was that he was happy with the way you guys kept possession. I think the communication on the back line, like you said, only gave up three opportunities, two goals, and you know the first two goals when the first happened, that's probably because uh, Segura and Zimmerman hadn't played together. That's one thing. I think there's new faces also coming into the back line. So the fact that you guys only gave up three opportunities that were potential scoring opportunities um, is, I think, encouraging because at least on the blogosphere, Twitter, Reddit, a lot of the complaints were for this upcoming season. And some of the things that we've talked about in previous podcasts is the defense, like what's going to happen with the defense. We're making these perceived offensive signings. But you now once the first preseason game came, we kind of realized that you guys are going to have almost two uh, per position, like a sub and a starter for each one of the four backline. So talk a little bit about how that is. Uh, on the practice field, and uh, you communicating with them, and how they're communicating with each other.
2: We've got a, a very competitive uh, group right now, I'd say. And so, in our back line, yeah, like you say, we have t- we have two guys at each position. So, that really pushes players every day in training because, I mean, everyone wants to be out there on the weekend and, and wants us to be able to influence the game um, and when it matters the most. And so... Right now, I think we have a really good group of guys that are pushing each other and and really striving to, to make each other better. And so as the time goes on, we'll we'll continue to work on the chemistry and everything. And that just comes with time. I mean, Walker was at camp and then he just got back last week and him and Eddie trying to work together for the first time. And then you've got other guys who are back as well with Danilo. And then we also signed uh, Muhammad El-Munir from, mm-hmm. from Orlando. And so there's a lot of new faces that that takes time to work on and build that chemistry and that trust but i think that over the course of the season i'm really excited for for what we have in terms of our defense because it's it's a great defense and it's just it's it's something that i think we all recognize that we gave up too many chances and too many goals last year uh, including myself, and so we're really striving this year to to make sure we lock that down defensively, and, and and when we're winning one two zero in a game, that we keep a shutout because that's something that I pride myself on, and our team prides itself on.
1: Uh, and that's perfect. Um, going back to what you said with these new faces, what I did like about the signings is that, uh, like Eddie bringing back Daniel Silva Alan um, Munir, they're very comfortable with the ball. Like they they're they seem like they have composure. They're able to find their passes and they can also attack. So um, I think that's awesome, especially with the style of football that um, Bob Bradley is trying to, trying to bring about. And one of the questions I had was for you, and I recognized last year you were becoming more and more comfortable playing with the ball. Is that something that you developed once you came to LAFC? Um, or is that something you were already kind of okay with? Because I feel like that's more of a modern football take, having a yeah. a a goalkeeper that is comfortable with distributing the ball when it's passed to him or yeah. her.
2: So that that that's something I've always been comfortable with uh actually growing up. Uh, I was on a club team in South Jersey that only had one goalkeeper. So I spent the first like hour and a half playing on the field as a field player and then the last like 15 minutes I jump in goal. <laughs> so like that kind of kind of uh gave me a little bit of a head start on on that style of 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 goalkeeping and so like I feel like That's always been one of my strengths. It's probably my strongest part of my game. And so I'm continuing to work on that because uh, I recognize that it's something that I can set myself apart. Mm -hmm. And so I really want that to be known. Like, this is my strength. Yeah, I
1: know. I think the game caught up to what you already had as a skill set, right? Because that, I have to say, over the last five or so years, it's become more of a prominent thing that these top clubs in the world, they're looking for in a goalkeeper, um, which is... Something I, I like, I mean, growing up, I, I still play, but I always want to be comfortable with passing it to the keeper or the uh, the last defender because we shouldn't lose the ball when we go back. We should just reset. It shouldn't be sending it back to kick it up to have everyone else fight for it. So yeah. I like that. No, exactly.
0: So, you know, you said you played on a travel club in South Jersey. Um, you know, did you ever play anything other than goalie or did you start as a goalie from a, from a young kid playing?
2: Uh, when I was playing, I was forward, uh, outside mid, and then I would play like a uh, stopper. Mm-hmm. I was one of the guys that would mark uh, a forward. and A destroyer of possession. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I quickly learned that I, one, wasn't fast. <laughs> and two, I did not like to run. Right, And so those two did not really combine well to be an outfield player. And right. there was one day, I, was, I remember the day I played goalie for the first time. I was sitting on the bench and came to halftime and I hadn't played that much. And coach asked, like, who, who wants to play goalie? And I was like, I'll give it a go. And right. I got to punt the ball, like, one time. And after that, I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. <laughs> like, I, the ball, I get to use my hands? Like, the <laughs> ball, I ball better punt it. And so. Uh, from that point on, I was like, I'm, I'm gonna try to play. So how, bully.
0: how old were you when you made that transition?
2: I was about ten.
0: Oh, okay. So yeah. then, all through high school, and then when you went to Northwestern, yeah, you were playing golf.
2: all through high school and at Northwestern, yeah.
0: And then, uh, so, so tell us about that. You know, a little bit of your experience playing at Northwestern for four years, and then t- making the decision to go to uh, Germany instead of signing, because you were drafted by Seattle. Yeah, right? I was no. drafted
2: by Seattle. So, um. No, when I went to Northwestern, it was it was a great situation for me. I mean, uh, I joke with the goalie that was there at the time, uh, Tommy, because um, he played one game uh, my freshman year, and he didn't have the best of games, and then I joke with him. Well, he jokes with me all the time that, that he made my career because he, he made those mistakes and gave me the opportunity to play. <laughs> and then uh, I, I played every game that I was healthy to play uh, after that. But it was a great four years. Uh I honestly didn't think I'd be there all four years. I I always dreamt about playing college or professional soccer, and so I always thought like after each season that I would leave and and make that jump. But it it works out differently for everybody. And I think um, me staying all four years really helped in my maturity. And and as you guys know, the goalkeepers, they get better with age. And so right
0: um, now, is that something like at the end? You were saying at the end of your year, you kind of had the idea that it might be an opportunity for you to go and become a pro. So is that? is that your decision based off of what potentially teams are, are, are interested in you or is like, how would you even go to make that decision?
2: Obviously, like I took into account, uh, my education and I mean, I was at one of the top 10 yeah, schools I was gonna say in that. the country. We kind of right. glossed so, over that. Yeah, right. Northwestern that is not that hard. It's one of the <laughs> hardest schools to get <laughs> yeah. into. Yeah. And yeah. so like I was at a top 10 school in, in, in academics, the, yeah. in the country academically. Mm-hmm. And so like, I also wanted to take into account, like, okay, I've got this amazing opportunity here to advance my education. Uh, at the same time, I can pursue my dream, and so I kind of had the best of both worlds because I was in a position where I was able to play every game at a competitive level, and I was able to get a great education. And so I ended up leaving after three and a half years, and I was two credits shy. But I went back, I finished, and oh, good so for you. got my degree and it was it was just a perfect fit for me like I I didn't end up going to like a huge like ACC school or like a Maryland or Virginia but I was at a smaller school where I could grow and develop and play right away and uh, I can get noticed and so it was a great fit for for me yeah
1: so then how big of a culture shock was it going from like north the north side of Chicago suburbs to Germany um I know that there's a language barrier, et cetera, but you know, how, how are the cities organized differently? How was it? And how was your yeah. experience? Well, there?
0: I mean, even before that, how did you make the decision to go to Germany as opposed yeah. to going to Seattle?
2: Yeah. So I had always dreamt about playing soccer in Europe. And like, I was just kind of curious at that time. I was like, I was 22 years old and I, I didn't know what the MLS entailed. Like I had Train with teams and yeah, going in for a week at a time was was good and you got a little glimpse of it, but I didn't really know fully what the MLS was about because mm-hmm. um, growing up, I I tended to watch European leagues. Of course,
0: that's I mean that's and most most you would think most of the people that are playing these days they look for the European yeah. leagues as the example because it that is that's the top flight
2: exactly. And so like I watched the Premier League and I watched uh, like the Spanish league. And so I was just curious about like what was over there because it was this whole different part of the game that I just wasn't familiar about and I didn't really know that much about. And so mm-hmm. at the time, I was like, I could go to an MLS club and, and it, it would be a, a good option, a, a great great step. But I just wanted to try something different and, and go on a different path that, that a lot of college players do. And so right. I was just like, let me let me give give this team a shot. And I mean... It was it was really difficult, the the culture over there. Not in terms of Germany itself and not knowing the language, but just where I was in my situation. It, it was difficult. I, I mean, the things that I had there w- weren't really comparable to, to what I have in the U.S. And I think it was more of a culture shock. I was right out of college. I wasn't ready, I think, to be there. Mm-hmm. And I think that it was a good learning experience for me. Because I got to to see, like, okay, like this is what it takes to 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 be successful over here, and and how the people are and the players are and what the grocery stores are like, and right. trying to cook for yourself over there and survive over there, it's different than it is living in the U.S. where you grew up and you're comfortable and you know. And so uh, when I came back from from Germany to go to Seattle, I, w- I was I was happy, reluctant, and, and uh, was looking forward to. To being back in in the MLS
0: now, you knew is that now in, in in the professional world because you were drafted by Seattle. If you were to like how you came back, yeah. it was just automatic. You would go to Seattle.
2: Yeah. Okay. So they they, they had your rights. They had whatever. my rights, and so I knew coming back here that that Seattle was my destination. And I mean, I had been talking with them too throughout the process, and they so they they were familiar and and knew that I would be coming back. Yeah. So as as part of your development, um, going back to Seattle
1: uh, or coming to Seattle. Uh, how how was it, you know, coming back, being a number two, and then going down to S two a couple times? Um, that in comparison, when you came to LAFC, kind of fought for the number one spot, but Buba got injured, so you, and you performed very well. Um, so it was your your spot, and for him to take after that, how is it fighting from being a number two and pushing number one keeper uh, versus being the number one keeper and being pushed uh, to not lose your starting spot?
2: Yeah, it's a different uh type of role I'd say. Um one you're chasing someone mm-hmm. and the other one you're being chased. But I approach it the same way. It's I don't try to to compare myself to guys like where they're at and where I'm at and and worry about like what they're doing because then I lose track of where I'm at in my game and so all I'm trying to do in my career is be the best that I can be. And, and I don't know what that entails or where that's going to take me or, or what that's going to, that's going to lead to. But if I spend time worrying about what somebody else is doing, then I'm losing track of where, where I need to improve in. And right. so my biggest like thing that I try to do every day is just try to be like, okay, like what did I do yesterday? That was good. Where could I improve on? And then, the next day, I, I try to do that. And so I don't spend time, too much time really worrying about like who we sign that, that's going to be uh, competing with me for the starting job here. Mm-hmm. And, because at the end of the day, I just need to to do the best that I can to to keep pushing myself to be the best that I can be.
1: Talk about preparation. Um, at least for me, I have a odd ritual before games. Um, I always put on my left shoe, my left sock first. I'm a left footer. Um, do you have something like that or like a routine? It doesn't necessarily need to be something that you do. Um, but that morning, do you go eat at a specific spot or have a particular coffee, etc.? Anything like that that is part of your routine leading up to the match?
2: There are certain things that I like to do. Um, I tend not to be too strict on my routine because there's so many things and so many variables that could mess it up right. that I don't want that to like get in my head and be like, oh no, I didn't get to, uh-huh. to do something but i like to have a peanut butter and jelly sandwich yeah for each game oh yeah. nice
1: love peanut butter Fun and jelly fact, sandwich that's nice. the one thing I, I like to have a PB,
2: pb&j um uh, i've changed it now this year i'm gonna, i'm doing almond butter oh nice oh, okay. almond okay. butter is a little bit healthier so yeah. i like trying to take the healthy aspect <laughs> I, I i prefer the taste actually myself i actually mm, do too yeah. i have i've started to really like you taste can butter think get
1: past the graininess. You could get smooth almond butter. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess I need to start yeah. shopping where you shop. Yeah, <laughs> hey man. Costco has Justin's. I don't oh, know if they yeah. preferred. Do you have a preferred almond butter?
2: Uh, no, I'm no? pretty new to the almond butter game, okay. and so um, I'm open to uh, suggestions. Yeah, Just, hey, well, li- Justin's you know.
1: is what I prefer, but go go and explore yours. Justin's uh, almond butter. If you're yeah. trying to sponsor me, you know. yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the show, or the show, yeah. <laughs> or like, the really show. Great. I wear t t-shirt.
0: Um. Okay, so preseason. We're in preseason yeah. now. Coming into preseason year two versus year one. Last year, everybody was brand new. Yeah. You know, there was practically nobody that you would have played with at, at any point. And now this year, everybody's coming back, and it's, it's like seeing old friends. So what, yeah. what, is that? what was that like for you to be able to, to come back to a team again and, and to see everybody and know that you're building off of what you left off of?
2: Yeah, this year, we've got a foundation. So we've got something that, like, it needs— Tweaking, but it it's not like you're building something. So we're still trying to to perfect everything that we're doing, but it's a much easier uh preseason, I'd say, in terms of we have our facility now. Like we, we weren't training out of a UCLA swimming locker room like we right. were last year. And so being able to have that just kind of steady path where it's like, okay, like we're here and we're slowly building something versus we're at UCLA, and then we're at the Performance Center, and then we're at our new stadium. Okay. So we know, like... It's the routine. Yeah, we have a routine. And so we're we're in that routine now, and I would say that this year so far, preseason, we're about uh, three and a half weeks in or so. Um, and I mean, it's been, it's been a good, steady, uh, just increase each week, I think. Like, we had the first game against Toronto, and then... Yeah, the physical Kobe match, which was incredible. I mean, you saw the, the yeah. supporters there. Well, and
0: so then if you saw on social media over the weekend there, I guess uh, the Galaxy had a preseason match, and I forget who it was, but somebody took a picture yeah. of the yeah. of the stands, and it was it was pretty bare, you know? And it's, it's not like—I uh, don't know if the Galaxy only had a couple of matches yeah. that they were letting their fans go to, but— yeah. I mean, you, you just see the amount of support that LAFC has versus a team like the Galaxy. And it's, I mean, we had 18,000 people for no, a preseason it's, it's match. Incredible. It's, it's
1: incredible. It's incredible. Yeah, I felt like the fans were already in midseason form. Like, in, in their preseason. And going back to to the support, you know, that was at the Viso Kobe game, I want you to describe the feeling when the fans at the 3252 are yelling your name, like Tyler. Man. Oh, like,
2: I love it. Yeah. I, I get chills every yeah. time. Like, yeah. it's, it's hard to ignore that. Uh, especially… In my position, like you, you,
0: you're right there. You're right there. <laughs> you're literally right, yeah. <laughs> right,
2: right, in front of them. Yeah. And so, uh, every game, it's I. I lose my voice like every game because I'm trying to to talk to my defenders. Over them. Over yeah. them. Yeah, and yeah. it's it's a lot of times it's just it's pointless because I know there's no way that they're they're hearing yeah. what I'm saying.
1: So, LAO, the support group I'm a part of, is over your left shoulder. So, every now and then peek that way and, you know, give us a thumbs up. Um, I got you. Um, but uh, one of the other things uh, that I wanted to bring up is yesterday, which was incredible to me. I think some people from around the LA area, or went to that 3252 um supporter group elections and someone actually came back to the stadium and were in the rain shouting at yeah. the closed game I yesterday. heard, heard those was
0: it the M- uh, empire boys it was right the empire there, boys. yeah there
1: was a uh, shout out
0: to the empire boys if yeah. you guys are listening uh they were standing at the north or oh, the northeast fence yeah. you know trying to get trying to get a view of anything that they could get and it's just yeah.
2: You know, Making for anybody hurt, to do yeah. that kind of thing, especially no, in the,
0: it's, it's amazing.
2: I mean, I could I could hear them like do, <laughs> yeah. during the game. And I'm like <laughs> yeah. this is this is awesome. This is what I. Do you is. imagine
0: if they would have uh, organized like a drum and bass session standing outside <laughs> the fence, and they still would have been able to make yeah. a presence for the yeah. game. I'm sure.
1: Oh, absolutely. Well, part of the reason. So, part of the reason for those that don't know, 3252 had their elections uh, the 10th February the 10th, and the reason they didn't all show up at once is because so many people RSVP'd. And um, they had to make it into like four different waves, depending on last name. Not only are they showing up to cheer, but they're showing up to get organized and then choose their next leadership, uh, which is awesome. So the election um, results were Jimmy Lopez won president. Uh, He's from Black Army. Austin Hilbert won director of external operations. And Julio and Chiquilin won uh, co-directors of active support. Julio is from District 9 Ultras. And Chiquilin is from Cuervos. So those are the results. And uh, we're looking forward to their leadership in 2019. A derivative of that was people being in the area and showing up to the game, which is super interesting to me. Not interesting. It makes me um, feel really good about how involved I want to be with the club because there's others that are making the same kind of commitment and the players are making the same kind of commitment. So we want to have that relationship and want... You know the players to know that we're as engaged uh, as ever, de- despite what situation it is. Even if it's a closed game, we're going to be there.
2: Yeah.
0: Okay, so can you talk briefly about uh, the the U.S. Men's National Team call up and and how that helped you uh, in your in your progress towards year two and any of the goals that that uh, you have for this season?
2: Yeah, it was an honor to to get that call up, and I mean. That was something that I've always dreamt about as a as a little kid. Like he, you watch the national team and then you're like, Man, like I hope one day that I can get there and to, And you will. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like
0: you'll get your first cap. I, yeah. you know, it's t- like t- we all uh, people on social media were all talking about it. That it, it's gonna happen. And it's just a matter of time. And you're a
1: goalkeeper, you're young. Yeah. yeah you have so much exactly. and like you said,
0: it gets I mean, goalkeepers have played at a high level well into, you know, their thirties. So yeah. I mean, there's still so much time and so much I mean, look at Tim Howard, right? Like, yeah. exactly.
2: We're like a fine wine. So yeah. <laughs> um no I need, we, to make,
0: I need to tell my son that so that way when <laughs> he starts playing soccer, it's like, hey man, yeah. <laughs> the fine wine is the goalkeeper. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: No, it was a it was an honor to be there and just to be around some of the, the top young young talent around around the country. Um it was an incredible experience. I mean working under Greg, he's he's a He's a great coach. I mean, he's got a lot of great uh, ideas moving forward with the national team, um, and I think it's just going to be an exciting time to mm-hmm. be a part of it too. Um, moving forward this year, obviously, yeah, my my goals definitely have changed. Uh, obviously, I, I want to continue to do do well for LA and do better than I did last year. Like, yes, yeah, sh- last year was great uh, or or good, honestly. It, it's it wasn't it wasn't great because I think that we underachieved a lot. Yeah. I think. It was a good first year, but I think there's still so much more that we can achieve. And I think this second year is something that we're like looking to do great and, and be almost perfect in, in in ways that we weren't last year. And so this year I think it's just a whole different mentality and so much more motivation because of the way the season finished last year.
1: Yeah, I like the way you phrase that. I think you guys felt like you had you didn't reach your potential last year. There was so much more on the table. Um, and you know the fans felt like that a little bit, but you know we were hard done a little bit in that last match because you know we dominated yeah uh, laFC dominated i from the fans dominated the sands cheering uh, <laughs> but yeah. you guys did well, and um I can understand why you guys felt disappointed well there was yeah.
0: there was a uh, on reddit I saw that there was a um a person who did some editing and he said that if you were to take out the last ten minutes of every game from the regular season that laFC would have been first in the west. It, yeah. Like if because yeah, the goals was, that were conceded in the last yeah. ten minutes of the game, not counting extra time. Yeah, they. I mean, so you know, it, it just shows that there is uh, a lot of potential for us to be, mm-hmm. you know, the top team in the West, and it's 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 just a matter of like you said, tightening for sure. up, for sure, and and building and making things better. But it, I mean, it's just we did, yeah. we were, we played really well for the majority of the season. Yeah, yeah, it's a young team too.
2: Going going back to your question, it's like my goals have changed. Obviously, like I want to do well. For LAFC, and I think that'll just boost my chances to get back onto the the men's national team. Yeah. So
0: we're gonna start wrapping it up here, but the, yeah. we wanted to talk to you about uh, your cooking. You, yeah, you, you like to cook. I love right? to cook. Yeah.
2: Love to cook. So we
1: saw the episode on LAFC.com uh, that you had with uh, Chef Matt Elin with that Coppola Tastemakers. Yeah. Of taste yeah. Um, so delicious recipe you guys cooked together. But the fun question for me is. If there was like an Iron Chef, yeah. LAFC edition, who do you think would win that competition? I know there's a few other cooks in the team, so who do you think is your stiffest competition?
2: Um honestly I I don't know of of many guys on the team that cook. Uh I think Walker can cook a little bit. I mean, mainly it's his wife that does <laughs> the cooking. <laughs> and she is a great cook. Um, so if she's involved that I'm in then I'm in trouble. But uh I think I'm I'm taking that competition hands down. I, I make a very good chicken parm recipe. Right. So, and you said uh, that on the episode, yeah. Yeah. So that's that's my specialty and and everyone that's tried it has enjoyed it and and um I think I would have to stick to that cuz that's what I do best.
1: Awesome. So you don't think I know that uh uh, Mark Anthony K had an episode too, so you don't think he's even close to yeah, you. Yeah, I, I think Mark. Mark. <laughs> had an episode,
2: but I mean, he also he also gets a lot of like the food sponsorships and macro plate and stuff like that that send him send him meals. So I think I'd be able to uh, to to top him in a in a cooking competition. Got it. So uh, he doesn't have enough practice because it's provided for him. Exactly. You, you, you actually create that. Exactly. Dish.
0: You know, maybe uh, maybe we can talk to uh, Rich about uh, having like a a. a what do you call it? Were you... Were you um, an Iron like, Chef? No, well, it's it's almost like a fundraising thing, right, for the LAFC Foundation, having uh, where you go in and you bid. You bid on an experience. Maybe they can have something where, yeah. you know, you they, they invite people to the stadium and they get a, a meal cooked by uh, one of the players or something like that. That's
2: maybe. not a that pitch, yeah. Yeah, should, that's, uh, you know, uh, that would be a great idea. We could do it right down there in the ki- little kitchen VIP area that they have there.
0: Yeah, you know, and I mean, it would just be another way to help raise funds for uh, the uh, LAFC Foundation. Absolutely. Okay, well, so, um, you know, we do have uh, another preseason game coming up that is on the 23rd, and that's uh, for season ticket holders. uh, That's against Vancouver. Yes. And uh, so we're probably going to have another loud v Kobe-type match, which will be great for the team. Oh, it's the best. And with that, then we also have our game on March 3rd against, uh, not RSL. Kansas Uh, City. Kansas City. City. Sporting Kansas City.
1: March 3rd um, game against Kansas City. Uh, the home opener. Social media is already coordinating tailgate events, which is incredible to me. So a couple of weeks out. So, and, the, and I've heard yeah. the
0: 32 are going to be uh, making a very, very nice TIFO for that game.
1: Yeah. No, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> so uh, we want to thank you, Tyler, for yeah, spending some time you. with us. Uh, you know, being your number one guest, number one goalkeeper. Uh, we're we're going to be out there in the stands cheering for you guys this upcoming season. It's looking forward to, to another successful season and progressing past the point that we got yeah. to last year.
2: No, I appreciate you guys having me on, uh, shoulder to shoulder, and it's been it's been a tremendous honor to be here. Really looking forward to a good uh, 2019.
0: Yeah, excellent. Thanks again for everything. Make sure you guys give us a follow on our social media handles at LAFCS2S. You can check out our website, www.lafcs2s.com, or you can send us an email, uh, chris at lafcs2s.com, or christian at lafcs2s.com. Thanks a lot.